Shut up and sit down. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We have news for you tonight. And by news, I mean the same stuff it feels like we always talk about, but it's trending in what you would call news circles. So uh, let's cut that intro. some ad reads and we have a new well, I'll call him partner I guess sponsor is a bad word uh, but we do have a new partner um, I will get to them in a minute but we have ooh, uh, Tom for 52.com that's T-O-M-F-O-R 52.com uh, go help out Tom Quitter who runs better than the government even though his feet doesn't don't work they don't operate quickly or well or efficiently any of those things uh so go to tomfitu.com then we've got the alaskan raven for all you meme needs uh go check out the alaskan raven on facebook we've got crowned by gold the third and final book thankfully in the royal green series uh it is ooh, that's why it's jacked up whoop Sorry, fix my camera there. Uh, Crowned by Gold, the final book in the Jack Casey World Green series thing. Uh, I'm legally required to say it's a good book, but uh, fuck Jack Casey. We've got James Taru, people over politics, people helping people. Uh, you can donate to his campaign for uh, Kentucky. Uh, no, he's he's running for uh, federal uh, federal house. Uh, in the 74th district, I believe. It's been a while since I looked at the notes on this. But you can go to Tollier, T-O-L-L-E-R, the number 4, com to donate to this man's campaign. He's an awesome dude. Uh, I would like to consider him a good friend of mine. He's a good friend of the shows. He, uh, he helped orchestrate and organize the uh, Russell, Kentucky Convalescence Home. Uh, stuff he goes up there regularly does a lot of work with them he's a great dude he gives back to his community so uh, go help him out by donating to his campaign at tallyearforky.com and we finally have a new promo for the new show that's coming out 
January, it's Friday, January the 14th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Coliseum, where I will pit two people against each other, arguing two different points under one topic. And the topic, I guess it's, yeah, I guess it's two points, but uh, the argument will be menarchy versus anarchy. So we have Sean Hickman. Boo. Voting for menarchy. Boo. And Dan Berman, who has who is our champion, the reigning anarchy champion, Dan Taxation is theft. Berman, arguing outside of anarchy, uh most likely will be the winner of the contest because menarchy, as we all know, is indefensible. Uh yeah. But you it will be live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter. And then uploaded later to Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the places you get podcasts. The same way that you get our content right here, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Twitter, Anchor, and Spotify. You can get all that content there. This camera is like not wanting to focus tonight. And then we've got LuckNellyBruno.com because... If anybody's going to be governor of a state as a libertarian, it's going to be Natalie. So go to electnatalybruno.com. We've got redemptiontactical.com. Use that link that I am dropping right now in the comments. Boom. That link helps them know that we sent you. Get your plate carrier or some plates. Use that, use that dope Christmas fund that you've got left over or that Christmas money you got. Or maybe you forgot to get somebody Christmas present. A ballistic face mask that is level three, armor rated, NIJ rated, level three face mask. Give them that. Or if you want to give me one, give me one. Because that would be cool as shit. I would wear it anywhere they require me to uh, wear a mask. That's what I would wear. All right, so our new sponsor or partner. Some of you may have heard of, some of you may not have, but it is, it's uh, these people right meow. Faraday Defense. Uh, they specialize in Faraday bags. So for those who don't know what a Faraday bag is, basically it's equipment that is designed to block EMP blast designed to block RFID uh, reading. Um, so if you have an RFID blocking like wallet, like which is a common thing now um, with all the credit cards uh, using RFID chips, this is that same technology, just at a larger scale and much more effective. We will be soon selling their products on our website. So if you want some of their stuff, uh, you'll have to go to notarealpodcast.com, but they've got enclosures. They've got EMP nesting bags, forensics bags, uh, fabrics that you can just like, if you have a bag that you already like, you just want to lay out the fabric inside of it. That'll help block that stuff. They got that. They got the Faraday bags, which is what I was talking about, the, the frequency blocking bags. They've got backpacks. They've got, you know, the small, the more portable bags like this. Um, and you can go on their website at uh, FaradayDefense.com. It explains how their tech works, uh, why they're better than everyone else. Um, and they reached out to us this week and were like, hey, we like what y'all do and we want to work with y'all. So here we are. Uh, they are doing great stuff. Um, we hope to have some stuff here <clears throat> to demo, to show how it works and that kind of stuff. Uh, but... Yeah, they've got tons of products that we plan to sell. I still need to go through and figure out what we want to sell, what we think would be the most beneficial for our audience. So, you know. Uh, go check out uh, Faraday Defense. And then go to notarealpodcast.com. Copy a sweet uh, gun hub shirt. They're still for sale. Uh, they're still priced very, very low. I don't know what you want from me. I don't know what more you want. Maybe you want some news. Maybe you want me to go to the first segment. That I can deliver. 
So it is the 811 call before you dig segment uh, because there's nothing worse than killing a pedophile or, you know, if the ATF stack ends up at your house and you deal with them indiscriminately, uh, burying those bodies on your property and digging into your neighbor's septic system or sewage line or power line or cable or even worse, their internet line. Uh, because if you take out someone's internet, they have a right to beat the hell out of you. That's that's written in the app somewhere. I think it's in small print at the very, very bottom. Uh, but yeah, so don't, you know, don't call 911. Call 811. Uh, the average ammo price for 9mm this week was about 28 cents. So that's more good news because it has gone down. Uh, so we're seeing a steady decline in 9 mil prices, but it's not quite as good as what we're seeing on 5.56. It's down to 45 cents and has been for the last few days, and it's holding. So we're more than likely probably going to see another drop, hopefully, in 5.56 ammo. And the lower it drops, it's still going to be harder to get because people are still buying it up and shooting. But as it drops and drops and drops and drops, that's a great indicator, just like market prices are, uh, that ammo is starting to get more regularly available. So that's great news for anybody who loves shooting like I do. Uh, The price has gone down, and it's getting a little bit easier to find. Not great. It's still kind of hard for a lot of people, but it's, it's better. Uh, our product spotlight of the week from galleryofguns.com is the FN-503. It is a compact pistol chambered in 9mm. It has the three-dot sight system from FN. Uh, It it is a striker-fired, oversized-controlled pistol. It is easy to shoot. Has a great trigger and is super crisp. I actually have a 509 tactical from FN. I love to death. I had actually planned on selling it, played with it for about five minutes, and decided it was not being sold. It was being kept. Uh, FN just makes great handguns. So if you want one of those at a discounted price, their price right now is 579. So it's competitive with a Glock, but with the FN production, I would say they're. I would honestly, uh, most people will say that FNs are much better made firearms than anything Glock makes. And right now it's at the same price as what you can get a Glock. So uh, check it out. Go to galleryofguns.com. So we've got, uh, let's see, let's see what, uh, let's see what comments we got here. Good Lord. Patricia is just wearing it out tonight, which is good. We like the comments. So speaking of that, comment, like, subscribe, uh, do all the things that are required. Go to YouTube, subscribe over there if you haven't already. Uh, like this video, share it around to your friends, uh, comment. It helps. All those things help us with the algorithm. It helps get the reach out. Even if you don't like this show and you like one of the other shows better, uh, it the algorithm helps with all the shows. So do all the things like subscribe, share, hit the notification bell, whatever you got to do. Join the not a real podcast, uh, Facebook group. If you go to the page on Facebook, the podcast page, there's a big button at the top, join group or view group, whatever it is. Um, and join the group. Uh, you can post whatever you want to over there. As long as Facebook allows you to post it. That is, uh, we don't, we don't hardly curate unless we absolutely have to, we will pretty much only remove stuff that would get the group in trouble as a whole. Uh, that is not a wall. That will, I guess it's technically a wall, but it's wood. It covers the bottom of the stairs, so no need. So, I was just scrolling through some comments here. Ooh. The uh, Twitch trolls are back. I love it. Want to come on my podcast on Saturday around 3. Hmm. 
I'm not do that, bud. What's your name? Hunky Monkey. I'll check it out. I'll check out the Discord. See what's see what's up. Since I fed him dinner and he fell asleep in my chair. Okay. So all right, so can I post my new shitty podcast there? It says Blunt Freedom. I'm assuming that's Joe. Uh, I don't even know what we're going to call him at this point because he's been zucked so many freaking times. But yeah, sure. I mean, everybody else does. I mean, we post our shitty podcast stuff there. So uh, yeah, feel free to, man. Uh, it's This is not about... Yes, it is. Uh, this is not about blocking other people from growing. It's about helping everyone grow. If we don't grow, but others do, and we can help with that, so be it. So anyways, first story of the night, uh, something I had seen today. Oh my God, it is insane. Oh, is there a Discord for not a real libertarian? That might be something I do. Uh... Put in the comments if you would be interested in a not a real libertarian Discord server or something like that. Or I think there's like people use some people use Telegram, uh, some people use some of the other apps. But uh, if you're interested in a Discord server, drop a, a, I guess a yes in the comment section. So, a New York teacher has been arrested. After allegedly giving COVID a uh, giving a COVID vaccine to a 17 year old student on January 4th, well, I'm sorry, it's it's dated for January 4th. It's not saying it's on January 4th. Now this story has all kinds of problems with it. Like even if you think she was right for vaccinating this kid. She vaccinated a 17-year-old student who is a minor. She was like, she's 54 years old, I believe. At her home, she brought students, underage students, to her home, which already violates the, the, the contract between students and teachers. Like, I knew where some of my teachers lived, but I wasn't going to their houses because that's weird. And especially with the large string of uh, teachers that have been arrested over the last 20 years for having sex with underage students, you would think that a teacher would be very careful about not having students at their house. But a teacher was arrested after she was accused of administering a dose of the COVID-19 vaccine to a 17-year-old at her Seacliff, New York home without permission from the minor's parents. And the video that is included, I'm not going to share because we get copyright strikes for sharing news articles, apparently, because whatever. Um, but I can, I, can send, I can put the link in uh, the comments here. Actually, I'll just go ahead and do that. Uh, copy link, and I'll go ahead and post it real quick. So if you want to go see the video after this show, you're more than welcome to do that. Um, but the other thing is, she's not a healthcare worker. She is not trained, as far as anyone knows, to administer vaccines. And a, and a kitchen is not the place to be doing this. Um, now, these are the allegations coming from the state is that this is she's not a healthcare worker. She's not licensed with the state, which I already have problems with licensing for anything like that. But she's got a minor at her house administering medication that is not prescribed by a doctor without the consent of the parents. And in the video, it's it, it has a little tagline on it. It looks like, like a Snapchat video or something. I don't know. I'm not into that kind of stuff anymore. Uh, but it talks about, it has like a little caption on it that says that this is the most nervous this dude's ever been. 
So there's probably been some coercion. I, actually, I want to know. I want to know how did this teacher get a – that's a good question, actually. How did this teacher get her hands on a vial of Johnson & Johnson COVID vaccine? Because that's what it was. Uh, they talked about it in the video. How did a teacher get a vial of COVID vaccine and a syringe? Are they handing this stuff out to teachers in New York? I don't know. Uh, it's not something I'm privy to. Maybe Patricia can let us know. Uh, she's kind of in that area, in that ballpark vicinity. But this is this is what we see happen, right? Like this is uh, her kitchen is a. Yeah, so Patricia says, compared to other countries, her kitchen is a more sanitary area for a vaccine than most are working. Yeah. I'm not so much worried personally about where it's administered. Um, I think that's that's kind of an underlying thing. Um, because people have to administer shots all the time for diabetes and other illnesses that they may have. Um so they, they end up doing these, like especially like people with diabetes or people that have to do like EpiPens for allergies and stuff. They are administering medication on a some people for a fairly regular basis in some not some of the greatest conditions. They're they're definitely not doing it in hospitals all the time. So I'm not worried about the the kitchen thing, right? That's the news article, the the video, they talk about how it was done in her kitchen and it's unsanit, blah, 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 whatever. That's not the big issue. The big issue is when you start pushing out rhetoric about parents not having the right over teachers about children's education, this is kind of where you lead into. Teachers being able to make these decisions for your students, for your kids. You don't have the choice to. I mean, you can't get unvaccinated. You can't just pull the vaccine out of your blood system. It's already there now. And we know that it, there's there's risks of heart complications. Johnson & Johnson was one of the ones that had some of the more uh, strenuous uh, issues, especially back in the early days of the Johnson & Johnson single dose. I, 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 there's so many questions about this that are unanswered that we're not going to get answers to. Like, how the hell did she get this vaccine? How does she have the ability to just have it? I mean, it's supposed to be refrigerated because that was a big issue. I remember back in the early days of COVID was they couldn't keep them refrigerated long enough because they would go bad. Like, they would try to do these... uh they would try to do these like big open arena uh, vaccine drives or whatever, and the vaccines would go bad because they weren't being refrigerated long enough, or the doors were being left open, and they would all go bad or whatever. This this is the huge problem. This should not be a new standard. This is not something that should happen. Um, I don't have a problem with people being vaccinated. That is your choice. Um, it's my choice to not be. I mean, we can all live in the same country and make different decisions for ourselves. That's the great thing about freedom is. Hey. So. Yeah, teachers should not be administering uh, medication to students unless it is a life or death situation. COVID for 17-year-olds, it's not a life-and-death situation, uh, typically for most students. Like, high school kids are at a higher risk, like elementary school kids. But unless you have a lot of that more underlying stuff, like obesity or I think MS was one of them, all these other things, uh, yeah, it's not a life-and-death thing. If a student, like, like, Going into diabetic shock, teacher gives them insulin. It's one thing. Taking a minor to your home and injecting them with a vaccine that their parents have no consent on, because children cannot consent. This this kid is 17. He cannot consent. He's not an adult. 
So it's it's more branch Covidian nonsense of we're going to force you whether you like it or not, or we're just going to let teachers do it and we'll we'll pretend like it's fine. What's actually really surprising is the NBC News article on it really kind of hammers home how bad it was, which is super surprising because a lot of the information coming from them is you have to get vaccinated or you will die, which is not true. Uh, if you have underlying conditions and you're not vaccinated, yeah, you, you're at a higher risk of dying. I've had COVID. I know plenty of people that have had COVID. I've known people that have had COVID before vaccination and after vaccination. Your mileage may vary. Because as it turns out, uh, people are different. Each individual human is different and they have different health needs. And you can't justify broad strokes because they don't work. So, with that being said, a California prosecutor dies of COVID at 46. The headline, this is how the headline reads. California prosecutor dies of COVID at 46. Politician was outspoken vaccine mandate opponent. So she's immediately bad because she was opposed to vaccine mandates. I read through this entire article. At no point does it confirm whether or not she had uh, the COVID vaccine. As we've found out recently, a lot of Republicans have been opposed to uh, the vaccine mandates or been outspoken against vaccine mandates. Um, but are vaccinated themselves. Let's see. Yeah, there's... I was just looking through some stuff. Yeah, there's no evidence that she was vaccinated or not. No one knows. So, yeah, she, uh, it, it's, uh, it's interesting. It, it's so it's her, it's going to sound bad. Her death is not so much the news I want to cover on this. It's the way they cover her death is what I think is really telling and is really scary. Because she said that you shouldn't force medical procedures on other people she is now someone who deserved to die. And that's how they frame it in this article. It's it's the article I'm, uh, that I chose to go with tonight is uh, a People article, People magazine article. And it goes into talking about how, you know, she was taken too early, like friends and family saying she was taken too early. My heart is broken. I'm in tears. I lost a friend. Uh, and it goes on to talking about her career and her life. And then it just rails home, like beats her to death again over how she was adamantly opposed to forcing vaccines on people through mandates. Uh, She was a significant contributor to environmental enforcement in 2019. But that wasn't enough to save her from the, uh, the court of public opinion, which says that apparently she is evil and horrible because she didn't think that you should be forced to do something. So this is a a quote from something that they pulled from something she had said. Uh, A decision between doctors and their patients. Uh, Let's see, where's the rest of it? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so it says, per the times she once said vaccinations were a decision between doctors and their patients. Yes. If your doctor says, I think you should get a vaccine for this, you're at high risk for it. And you say no, that's probably not a good idea. But that's the decision that you make. You consulted your physician or someone that you would consider an expert at, you know, human medicine. And that's your decision. You could have bad brakes on your car. You go to a mechanic and they say, hey, you need brakes. And you're like, nah, I'm good. And just keep driving. You're putting your life at risk. That's your decision. There are some states where they have very stringent laws on preventing people from doing that. I don't necessarily agree with it. 
I think that's wrong too. But here we are. So it's it it it's really disgusting how we've seen this this narrative of you're not vaccinated, you're evil. I'm vaccinated. I can go do whatever I want to, spread COVID as much as I want to, help promulgate the next wave of COVID. I'm fine. But you aren't vaccinated, so you're the bad person. So here's actually something good that Trump did that probably makes a lot of sense. It comes from Politico. Trump has canceled a January 6th event amid GOP complaints. Yeah, no shit. I can imagine the GOP would be very upset with Trump holding a rally on January 6th in D.C. Like, I don't think January 6th was the the destruction of American democracy, like the news claim or people in Congress claim it was. But it was a bad look on him and his campaign. And it was a bad look on Republicans because Democrats turned it into political. Hey, they said, oh, here's a great opportunity. We can beat Republicans to death with it. And they did. And the idea that Trump was going to just basically recreate the same situation as last time is stupid. It is. It it, it would be stupid for Republicans to support it. It would be stupid for Democrats to support it. I think it's stupid for Democrats to promulgate this idea that January 6th was this atrocity against humanity. Uh, It wasn't. It was something you didn't like and something that was kind of goofy. But if you cry about it, we will laugh at you. And if you say that January 6th was a good thing, I will laugh at you as you cry about it. So, I mean, hey, do your thing. But, uh, yeah, it's probably a good thing that he doesn't do that again. Uh, Because as we've seen, the feds love this kind of stuff because they have been using these kinds of events to try and encourage violence in order to promulgate the next wave of basically uh, the Patriot Act stuff, like like the the nanny state uh, of mass surveillance. They're using this stuff to do that. We we and, and it's not conspiracy. There are tons of articles we can go over. We can do a whole article, a whole episode on uh, feds being arrested by other feds at at events like this. There was some September twenty rally. The only people who were arrested were undercover federal agents. I think maybe one guy who was drunk in public. But when when the only people who are being arrested for quote unquote violence are federal officers who are undercover and are saying that they're undercover to these federal officers that are arresting them, at what point do do we sit there and say that this is all stupid? They're creating the violence they say that they're protecting people from just so they can have more power over you. That's exactly what it is they're doing. They don't care whether you're safe. They care about the control that keeps them safe. If they were to pass legislation tomorrow that abolishes the Second Amendment, removes all firearms from every sovereign American in this nation, do you think... Excuse me one second. Those getting a little dry. Do you think that... Members of the House or Senate or the President will not have an armed security detail. Because they will. 100%. They will have armed security at their home. They will have armed security for their family, for themselves, their office, everybody. Cops will still have guns. The only people who won't is you and me. Those are the only people that won't have guns. So, this, this idea that Trump cause some mass riot on the Capitol. Yeah, he his rhetoric has always been stupid and the weak-minded are easily fooled into doing dumb shit. And I don't mean that Trump supporters are stupid by any means. I mean that when you become a mob or a collective, you lose that sense of self-identity. You become 
that mob typically. You think the way the mob does. You you do what the mob does because you're there. That's what that's what it is. So if one person has this idea, hey, why don't we go do this? A lot of people probably follow. And the more people that follow, the more people will follow. It's a chain reaction. So it's a good thing he's not doing this because it, it's probably stupid and it would probably lead to more feds being arrested by other feds and then trying the media trying to spin it into extremist groups like militias, which are not extremist groups. Uh, I mean, if you define being against the government as extreme against your belief, your belief in absolute control from the federal government, then yeah, it's, it's extreme. Uh, but for the average American, the actual beliefs of most militias or groups of that, that nature, they're not, they're not actually that extreme. extreme. They, they're like, that makes sense. We don't want the federal government telling us how to live our lives either. So, Trump cancels January 6th protest because the Republicans are tired of being beat to death with it. So, hey. So, here's something that's really interesting. So, over the last few months, Russia has been building up a military presence on the border of Ukraine again. This is not the first time this has happened, uh, nor, I think, will it be the last. I think this is something that happens in cycles. Uh, I think Putin is trying to test the waters of the uh, the UN, the, the, the G7 or G6 now, I think it is. Um, it, uh, yeah, it's, I, th- I think he's just testing the waters. He's trying to see what he can get away with. Which, hey, I don't care. If he wants all-out war with the Ukraine, that's that's a... That's a Russia-Ukraine problem, I think. I don't think the United States should get involved. I don't think it's worth American lives again. But we'll see what happens. So, <clears throat> they're they're... They're amassing more troops at the Ukrainian border. Again, uh, Russia faces a very 21st century challenge as it piles up forces near Ukraine's border. Much of its military operation is being carried out in plain sight. And by plain sight, they mean like they're on the border looking at Ukrainian troops that are also on the Ukrainian border. Uh, taking on a role once reserved for spies, amateurs, sleuths, and analysts with private and non-governmental organizations are tracking Russia's buildup day by day, mining commercial satellite images, social media posts, and flight tracking data to compile a strikingly precise picture of Moscow's deployments and of the U.S. military's efforts to monitor them. <clears throat> so what's interesting is with all the satellites that are publicly owned that are floating around in uh, the atmosphere as well as military satellites, all these satellites, people that are just posting stuff. It, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not hard. It's, I would say this, it's pretty hard to hide stuff now. Uh, there's been, there's been tons, you can Google it, but there's tons of images that float around of people throwing bodies into lakes because, they may not see anyone on the ground, but that doesn't mean that the all-seeing eye above can't see it. Um, there are people that are able to like hack into uh, the like encryption, encrypted radio uh, frequencies of some of these militaries. That I don't know what their encryption's like. Not a clue. I wasn't a comms guy. Don't know anything about it uh, or how any of that works, honestly. But uh. People can hack into anything. People can almost view just about anything. So that's what they're talking about. When it's being done in plain sight, they could be, they could have bases that aren't public or publicly accessed. It's, it's still easily, easily viewed from Google earth or from the sky, whatever. So, and I think this is interesting because there's there's been a lot of discussion in some back channels about some of the things that we may expect to see over the next decade. A Taiwan invasion by China may be over the horizon. 
it may be coming very soon. China is amassing a navy. They're building up aircraft carriers, uh, attack ships, stuff like that to try and do a, uh, an amphibious, uh, basically an amphibious assault of Taiwan. It's uh, it's hard to, to know when they will try it, but I think everyone knows that it will eventually come. I don't think they have the support in Taiwan that they do in Hong Kong or places like in that region. Uh, there's the a guy who's been on the show before, back in the earlier days, uh, who lives in areas close to this. I'm not going to say who it was or where uh, for their safety, but uh, has said basically that Taiwan is going to be a different animal for China because Taiwan doesn't share the kind of cultural background that some of the other places did. Like Hong Kong shares a very strong cultural bond to China. That's why it was a little bit easier for China to just take over Hong Kong without without too much violence. Like they didn't do an open uh, military uh, militaristic assault into Hong Kong and take over. They just basically creeped into the politics and just took over like that. I'm sorry about the camera tonight. I'll have to figure out what's wrong with it. Um, it's just being all goofy. It's, it's losing focus. I don't know what it's trying to focus on. It's probably a setting I've messed up. <clears throat> But uh, just yeah, I mean it's it's weird. Um, so anyway, so Taiwan doesn't share that same cultural like relationship with China. They're not going to just bend over and let China take over. China's probably going to end up in a militaristic assault if they want Taiwan, which, as all indications point to, they want Taiwan. Russia wants Ukraine, or at least Vladimir Putin does. I shouldn't say these countries as a whole because I don't think majority of the people agree with this stuff. They just kind of go along with it because it's easier than uh, starving to death. Yeah, so we're seeing a lot of interesting stuff. I think in the next decade or around a decade, we'll see Russia actually pushing into Ukraine really hard, not like skirmishes here and there, but like really making a strong push. I think we'll see China push on Taiwan. But hey. So one last article we got here. So <clears throat> the Build Back Better bill or plan or whatever you want to call it was killed in the Senate because Democratic Senator Joe Manchin flipped. I talked about it, I think, the last episode I'd done a couple weeks ago. He had flipped and said, look, I don't think this is right. I don't think spending this money is going to fix what we what y'all think it's going to fix. He, I think his exact words were, if I cannot explain to my constituents what this money is going to be used for and how it's beneficial, I can't vote for it. <clears throat> so Reuters is, has an article entitled Manchin's Reluctance Leaves Democrats' U.S. Voting Rights Bill at Risk. And that sounds like a great bill. Right? Like it sounds like, oh yeah, you know, everybody should have the right to vote. Well, the bill is a lot... It, it's it's worse than that. It's It's a lot worse. It basically would federalize at least the way that it's been written would federalize elections so we basically would or we wouldn't even relinquish it because we don't have a choice in this the federal government would take control of elections for federal offices which was always delegated to the states because of the reason we don't want the federal government deciding who won elections Did you see what could happen there? If the government that Joe Biden or Trump is in control of is the one that decides whether or not they leave office, how that might be a problem. How many elections do you think uh, Vladimir Putin has lost? Like in actual votes, but he's still in office.
they're, they're pretending like this is a great thing, right? Like the, the the mainstream media loves the idea of a more centralized federal government that has absolute control over your life because when something bad happens, they don't have to take responsibility for it. They don't have to say that they're the ones that promulgated this information. They can say, oh, well, the federal government's in charge. We don't have to worry about it. It's really scary. It's really sickening. Uh, But we are getting closer and closer to just more and more government infringing on rights of Americans. And I think I think I think there's some irony in a lot of the naming of these bills. Like the Build Back Better bill. It had millions of dollars uh allocated for building electric vehicle charging stations in areas where people don't use electric cars. You're building back what? Stuff that people don't need. Okay, cool. Whatever. Uh the voting rights bill. Take the rights of voting away from states and give it to the federal government, which the federal government was never supposed to have the right to control that. Hypocrisy. Um, The Patriot Act. There's nothing patriotic about spying on Americans. There's nothing patriotic about the American government spying on its citizens. I think all these bills, basically, whatever the title of the bill says, it's the exact opposite of what it's going to do. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. <clears throat> U.S. Democrats' efforts to pass voting rights legislation in Congress appeared in jeopardy uh, on Tuesday as a centrist Democrat, uh, Democratic senator said he had little interest in a strategy that would allow the party to bypass Republican opposition. Uh, Senator Joe Manchin told reporters that it was his preference to line up Republican support for a rule change that would allow Democrats to pass a voting rights bill on a party line vote that could spell doom for the legislation which Republicans oppose. <clears throat> for us to go it alone, no matter which side does it, it just ends up coming back at your at you pretty hard, Manchin told reporters. Yeah, because if it's if it's a straight party line vote, it's bad. I can't I can't even think of good legislation that's purely partisan uh or bipartisan. Most most bills that the federal government is passing just suck. At least the ones that we know about suck. Uh you know, it was there was una- almost unanimous bipartisan support to give money to Wall Street banks who were too big to fail. Uh, most Americans didn't didn't favor that. It was like 26% approval rating of the performance of that. There's no good legislation coming out of the federal government anymore at all. There's just none. I, I, I Maybe I'm missing something and I'm pissed off because my camera's not working and it's stupid and doesn't want to focus on me because I'm ugly. Uh, but... There should be a hard look. Like, if you're a Republican and your party is trying to push something that's completely partisan, there's no Democrat support, you should probably look at the bill. There's probably a reason for that. If if you're a Democrat and, you're, and your party is looking to pass something purely partisan with no Republican support, probably take a hard look at that. It's a... Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a problem. We create these divides, or I shouldn't even say we, the federal government creates these divides to separate us into groups and then breaks us down into subgroups, which breaks us into subgroups. You you can't fight the American people as a whole. You can't. It's not a thing that can happen. But when you have Americans fighting each other, who are fighting each other, who are fighting each other, who are fighting each other, then it becomes very, very easy to just do what you want to, and Americans will just ignore you because they're too busy fighting with everyone else. The gun right lobbies are fighting the the anti-gun lobbies. The the abortion lobbies are fighting the 
the pro-life lobby. All these different groups are fighting different groups, and nothing ever gets done. Deck chairs on the Titanic. Yep. That's basically uh, where we're at. We're, we're sitting on the deck chairs, and we're just watching it all sink around us. Ignorance is killing America. American. Yeah. That's pretty much what it is. Uh, the ignorance of the American populace on how the government actually works versus what they're told it works. That's killing us. Uh, ignorance of... And I don't think politicians are really that ignorant. I, I think they're more malicious than ignorant. I think... I shouldn't say they're completely malicious. I think they're fairly ignorant on a lot of stuff, and I think they're malicious on a lot of other stuff. I think they they pretend to be stupid one in, in some things or pretend one way, and then behind closed doors, they're completely different on other things. Um, I'm trying to think of a great example of this. Uh, there's a lot of bipartisan workarounds that are done behind closed doors where people are hanging out, drinking beer, smoking cigars, whatever, acting, uh, being friends who are who are left and right working together behind closed doors. And then when they're out on the spotlight, they yell at each other and carry on and act fools. Because as Tom has said, they care about the money and they don't give a shit about you. All they care about is making sure that you or being a good little tax slave and you're funding the the DC swamp plantation. Uh, they are providing no service to you that is benefiting your life, but they are taking yours. They are taking your money, they're taking your rights, they're taking good health care away from you. <clears throat> they're taking everything they can from you at, at lightning speed. So that's the news for the week. I don't have a good news story. Sorry. But that's how it goes. I will say, I do have good news for you, though. This Thursday, yeah, but none of the taxes really go to good causes, though. That's the problem with taxes is the, the theory behind taxes is that it goes to, to benefiting society, but when you're spending $100 and only five of it goes to what they say it does, you're really not, it's really not that good of a cause. I mean, I get it. Like, people want to do things with money, but if you're spending 5% of what it's actually supposed to be spent goes to something, that's a problem. But this Thursday night, myself. Mr. William will be interviewing the illustrious, the internet famous, world-renowned Eskimo Libertarian. She will be our first interview of the year, and hopefully it will set a good pace for the rest of the year. We had a great year last year. We've seen a lot of growth. We've had a lot of great people join the network. We've had... uh, you know, I, I started this thing back in March, April, May, something like that of last year. Brought on Will, uh, brought on Rich Leach. He, uh, due to work conflicts, he couldn't continue going anymore. Um, we brought on Will Braxton. Uh, well, not Will Braxton, but uh, Braxton Voorhees uh, for Will's show. Not a real veteran. Uh, we... I started this show. Uh, we brought on uh, the Oklahoma for his Monday night show. We've seen massive amounts of growth over the year. Uh, and I'm really thankful for everything we're, we've we've done, for all the hard work the team puts in. We brought on the meme whore. We brought on Carly Rose. Um, all these people that are working so hard to bring content every week, I thank all of them. Even if some of those memes do have typos. Sometimes they're my fault. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes someone posts a meme and uh, it's got typos in it. But hey, I just wanted to say from the bottom of my heart, I thank everyone who tunes in on a regular basis, people who tune in, who post memes in the group, um, people who 
like our stuff, share our stuff. Um, this is not to make us rich. We don't care about the money. We we do enough to help justify our expenditures for the shows, for the equipment, the computers, the lights, the cameras, the microphones, um, the subscription for <clears throat> our streaming platform, for paying people to make promos because I absolutely suck at making promos. Uh, for all the software that goes on behind the scenes to make some of this stuff go down. Um, we do it for the fun. We love doing this. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's an immense amount of fun. It's a great stress reliever from the monotony of the day. And, uh, you know, I just, I really, I thank all of y'all for doing this, for staying with it. Cause without y'all, none of this means shit. Otherwise it's just, us talking to nobody online. So I love all y'all. Y'all are great people. I appreciate all of y'all. Um, some of y'all are savage animals, which I love you too, for your own being your own person. But tune in this Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, Freedom Standard Time, to watch us interview the Eskimo Libertarian. Tune in tomorrow night for Not a Real Veteran with William and Brexton. I don't know if they have a guest or not. It's not on my schedule. I own the network, but I, I'm not privy to their information because we're decentralized, I guess. But hey, tune in tomorrow night, 7 Eastern Freedom Time. Tune in next Friday at 7 o'clock Eastern Freedom Time. For the Coliseum, the premiere episode of the Coliseum, Sean Hickman fighting on the side of Menarchy, Dan Vermin fighting on the side of Anarchy, Uh, (laughs) Friday, January 14th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Check it out. There are rules to the Coliseum. They will follow these rules or they will be executed. Uh, maybe. Uh, I have, they haven't agreed to being executed yet, but uh, it's going to be a great show. It's going to be super informative. They're, both people are are uh, I would class uh, I would classify them as top tier debaters on their side. Sean Hickman loves to fight on the side of Menarchy. Dan Berman is a great orator for the side of Anarchy, so it'll be interesting to see how it all goes down so we've got a lot of great content coming out i wanted to hit this year swinging with eskimo with uh with the coliseum i mean who we got next week on thursday night uh we've got desiree i can't remember her last name she's running for state senate in texas in the third district and then we got uh karen ann harlow's on the 20th so two Thursdays from now, we got Karen and Harlos. Tons and tons and tons of great content. Tons of great guests. Uh, go check out notarealpodcast.com for the merch. Uh, check it out for the uh, Faraday uh, de- uh, FaradayDefense.com merch that we will be adding onto the website. Um, it will not take you to a separate link. It will be solely on the website. There will be the bags. We'll have the sleeves, all that great stuff. The the materials, we'll we'll get all the uh, the material, uh, all the the stuff together. Get some some promo stuff together. Still got a lot of work to do on it, but it's coming. I promise. I'll try to get it done as quickly as I can. But yeah. So with that, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, sir. See, this is why. If it'll zoom in here, uh, you can't see me. Yeah, see, it works now. Um, Anarchy is, in fact, better than Menarchy. Show's almost over. I don't know if that's supposed to be ominous and, like, she's hiding behind my door with a gun. It's 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 cartons for the bootleg. But ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. It was a great fucking year. You're awesome. Let's do another great fucking year. And bootleg.